All right, get in the truck, Small Town America. We are so glad to be here in Springtown, Texas at the office. Oh, are we in Weatherford, Texas? Man, I'm already getting pointed at. I've already messed up. We're in Weatherford, Texas. It's so out here. In the, we're out in the country at Western Harvest Ministries office. That's where we are. So it sits in, in between Weatherford, Springtown, Azle, all of Parker County. It's here for the community, and it's out here in the country. And I am so glad to be in the offices. If you can see these photos right behind me, right there, that is Scott Mendez, world champion, Hall of Famer. Well, I mean, wears so many hats. Let me show this reel, and that'll kind of explain a little bit more of who Scott Mendez is. This is Scott Mendez. He is from Weatherford, Texas. He is a world champion, bull rider, and national speaker. He is a founder and president of Western Harvest Ministries. Give him a great began. This is Scott Mendez. Hello, and welcome to Crossing Path Television. Being around the drinking, the arena, and so, yeah, I lived every bit of that. In the uh, rodeo arena. It has to do with the love of the game. Just kind of growing up in a Western family. Uh, It's not if the storms of life come, the storms of life will come. I was doing, I still felt a yearning in my heart and a call. Upon this rock I will build my church, and my rock is this Bible. Amen. Now you and me are going to find that money, because if it wasn't, you wouldn't have came back. I already told you, I forgive you. What else do you want from me? Every time we get on a bull... Um, you could lose your life. Hi, I'm Scott Mendes from Weatherford, Texas. I'm very impressed at what uh, Scott is doing here. I'm impressed at the riders that he brings in. Okay. Can you feel this bull raring up over the front end? I was here with uh, another power team member, Riley Israel. We did some feats of strength. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're riding bulls. You're keeping God first. You can enjoy life a lot better. Scott Mendez, and so thank you for having us right here uh, in your office. This is awesome. You know, part of Small Town America is about protecting uh, our history, preserving our heritage, coming into your office, just like being in a, in a Western museum. I mean, the heritage is here. Let's not talk about the gold, the gold buckles. Let's not talk about the Hall of Fame. Let's just talk about Scott the Cowboy and why the Western heritage is still important today and why we need to be trying to preserve yeah uh great question zach first of all thank you for having me on we've been talking about it and really trying to align our schedules you know i know you guys are really busy getting everything up off the ground uh yeah you know i think the i get asked asked, asked that question a lot you know why and how and when i think more than anything uh divinely god it, it just kind of runs in the blood you know on the mendes side of my family we're nothing but great legacies of rodeo cowboys and ranchers my father my grandfather so it was on that side on my mother's side we had nothing but a legacy of ministry and so i've uh, just been really blessed to allow and watch god as i submitted and surrendered to his plan for my life outside of my accomplishments and the things that i wanted to do to serve him and it, and it, it seems like it comes full circle uh of how god will use you if you just submit to him so i think it's in the bloodline right right and i and i know that's kind of been for me uh, I grew I grew up uh, on, on the ranch. My family still has the ranch. They're they're still involved in rodeo and all of that. And, and and for me, when I when I got when I got that older age, it, that's a lot of work. 
it, it, to, to be an agricultural landman, cattleman, that's that's a lot of work. And I went off chasing the career. But now, you know, it's always dragging you back in. As much as you try to stay away from it, it just drags you back in in some capacity, whether it's love for animals, love for the land, it just drags you back in. And, and so that's why I, I think over the last couple of years that I've got into, it's time to preserve our heritage, especially when you look out the window and you see all of the, these ranches that are just being sold up or just people that say, hey, I don't want to do the legacy. And they're they're selling that off, but you, you kind of said something about that. You you kind of grew up on two sides of the fence there. How was that? Because let's just let's just back up and talk about Scott Mendez, the cowboy, and how you got to become world champion. Yeah, uh, you know, again, you're right. I I believe that uh, like many of the young men that we try to reach and mentor and disciple is you know making those decisions and understanding that. Not all of us is really given a great start in life, but through God's eyes, it's a little bit more about how well we finish. And so for me, I'm a byproduct of a divorced family. Um, I had, uh, my mom was from Fort Worth. My dad was from the West Coast. I was born July 4th, 1969 in Visalia, California, which uh, I love your shirt, by the way. Hey, man, that's part of, <laughs> part of our American pride. Exactly. And so... You know, having a mom in the ministry in Texas was one thing, but having a father, you know, from the West Coast and ranching and having that legacy over there, uh, you know, I, I grew up and I, I was kind of confused and insecure not having a mother and father at home. Now, I have two half-brothers, and as you know, we'll probably talk about it in a little mm -hmm. bit later, uh, you know, we're working on My Life Right as a movie, and I think that God would really uh, help us bring that forth. We're right in the middle of it. But by being in transparent with some of the things that I went through in my life, my childhood, my ministry, my professional career of, of, of you know, occupations, different things that we're doing, uh, that will help other people. You know, and that's what I want to be able to do is say, look, this is how I started. It was a divided world, but through the grace and the help and the surrendering to God, the Holy Spirit has taught me and led me along the way to where we are today. Right. And I think, and, it, and it's still. You know, e even now when you look at the youth today, uh, there's so much struggle and confusion uh, because of uh, economics or, or where you're growing up. There, a lot of a lot of kids now are growing up in that split family home or single parent home, and, and so not having a place to go for you, you're you're divided in between the two, but you end up on the ranch side, the rodeo side, and. and I mean, world champion, but they, it, that didn't come easy. So, so you want to kind of explain a little bit about that, that, that travel, that journey down that road? Yeah, and it's amazing. Even, you know, the media aspect of what we're doing. You know, when I was growing up, when I was in Texas, I had an older brother that was five years older than me. We had the same mom, but we had no male supervision. My mom, as a pastor's daughter, would go on to marry several different men who all had a different outlook of what we, the children, should be doing and how we should be raised, where the frustration came from was I, in the bloodline of who I was as a cowboy, not in that environment in Texas, I, I felt that pressure. You know, I have a real dad. Where is he? I want to be a cowboy. There's no horses. I mean, I grew up riding uh, propane bottles in trailer parks, roping dogs that were running wild in the neighborhood running from truant officers and not knowing where your next meal was. So through that all, again, I'm thankful that God 
provided, you know, me with the outlet of understanding what faith is to depend on him. And as a child in your youth, the way you're programmed will ultimately come back later in your life. And so the men and the young, the youth that we're reaching today, I, I see a lot of some of the things that I've went through in my life help them uh, if we get that opportunity to share my story. And through media, we are getting ready to do that in a powerful way. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, we had the event uh, there in Peaster, and we had a chance to talk with Kevron Hicks uh, and our good buddy uh, Rick Smith. And one of the things that we talked about is that since COVID, it, our, our platforms kind of have opened up uh, and allowed the spiritual entrepreneur to, but you were doing it way before anybody else was. I, before the internet, before this, you were buying TV time and, and doing this all on your own uh, way back way back in the day. But before we get into that, let, let's go, let's, let's kind of get into it. So you're in rodeo. What, was the world champion always where you wanted to be? The gold buckle? I mean, that's any type of you want to play the Super Bowl. You want to be in the World Series. So you get in a rodeo, you start riding bulls. You're a tall guy. It, you know, like that. I grew up. I grew up in the rodeo family, and you know, we go down here to Cowbell and Man, and Mansfield on Friday and Saturday nights to ride bulls. It didn't take me long to know at six foot one. I, I'm a little tall to be on a bull. You you you're a tall guy on a bull. Yeah, absolutely, and that's another reason why when we're talking about you know, the heritage and the way we were raised was in our blood. Let me go back. I had an older brother that was five years older than me. When I was in Nevada with my dad, my dad only remarried once, and him and my stepmom had my younger brother, who was very famous in his own right, popular, Tony Mendes, uh, rode in the PBR, went to the national finals, was really following in his you're, older you're brother. You're actually <laughs> the only two brother, one of the few two brothers yeah. that, that were in there. Yeah, yeah, to make the PBR finals back then. 2001. Really and truly, that was one of the only reasons I wanted to come back to the PBR was to prove myself I could ride at that level at that age, but to be with my brother and spend another year working with him, you know, and feeding off one another. So, you know, I, I bring up the brothers because as a child, we're influenced by certain things, whether that's a Rocky Balboa movie. For me, growing up in Dallas, Fort Worth, it was the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I really at six foot one wanted to play football. When I got into high school, my dad, I remember my dad was working on one of his diesel trucks. I said, Dad, I want to I want to go to I was in high school my freshman year. I said, I want to play football. And he's like, Where does that come from? You know, we're cowboys and have all this ranching equipment and, and ranching responsibilities. And it was because of my roots in Fort Worth. And I always felt that I would be a good quarterback, middle linebacker, because growing up in Fort Worth, we played street football. My first concussion was my older brother and his friend slamming me down on the curb of the streets of downtown Fort Worth. And so that's a part of my life that a lot of folks in the Western world don't know about. And I think my story is incomplete if we don't go back and tell that because it gives a light of why we're reaching and how we're reaching the kids right. in the Western culture today. Right, right. So so you go you you go from being a one to be a linebacker to, to chasing a two thousand pound bull or I'm going to tame the beast as you as you started, which is part of one of your ministries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Conquering the beast is an outreach of Western Harvest Ministry. It is. It was originally my training camp where we worked with the kids, and then God took me one step farther. After working with the kids, I knew that a lot of them may not be ready for the next level, which was the PRCA tour or the PBR level of bull riding. So God said, give them a place to go. And that's how we formed the Conquering the Beast Pro Bull Riding League. Right. So, 
So let's let's just look at that real quick because you become world champion '97. But when when did you decide that the ministry what was where you were going to go? Because you going into the into the world championship, you you've now accepted Christ and said, "Hey, I've got a platform." I, I've watched. If you go back and you look at the YouTube videos, used to be the black hat. The black, the black gear, and then all of a sudden, I saw the shaps hanging up over here. You started going to the silver. What, so, so how did that come? Well, again, that was something that was always in my heart. I struggled with my identity in the first half of my career. You got to remember, when I graduated high school, I promised my dad I would graduate high school. The night I handed my father my diploma, I had everything I owned in the back of my truck, a little Mazda 2000, and I was entered at Cody, Wyoming some day and a half drive from where I was standing. So you said, how did I know or when did I know I wanted to be a world champion? Because of my insecurities and growing up with a dysfunctional background, I wanted to prove myself to the world. But it's a great, anytime you're in professional sports, it's a great place for the Lord to use that performance to test our hearts and to test our walk with Him. So you're exactly right. I tell everybody the first three years I went to the national finals, it was all about me. I had God's hand on my life. I had his calling. And it caused a little bit of double-mindedness because I didn't. it wasn't easy for me. I was struggling. But yet God would allow all these testings, all these struggles, all these identity crises to come to a head. The third year at the national finals in 1994, I mean, I'm tying my glove on at the national finals for the 10th go-around. And my friend Bull comes out and Brent Thurman from Austin, Texas, and he's riding his bull. and I mean, making a great ride in about six seconds, he gets towed off, his spur hangs in his rope, the bull jumps up, steps on him, and my friend is dead, laying there lifeless in the arena. And I mean, it, it was divine revelation that God was speaking to me. And if I put myself in my friend's shoes, and I realized if that was me to stand before the Lord, at that point in my life, in my career, I would have heard the words, depart from me, for I never knew you. But in the whole time, I'm trying to work for God to gain something that the devil promised me that nobody would listen to me until I had. So saying all that is the devil is a deceiver. And God is a rewarder of those who faithfully seek him. And so in the midst of my career while I was riding bulls, I was struggling on the inside. Even though in the world's eyes, I was one of the elite guys at the highest level of bull riding. And again, that's when we formed the PBR and many of your viewers were watching will know that I didn't stay in that road of the PBR. I continue to ride and win a world title in the RCA. But those were things that God was doing in my life. But outwardly, I think you and others could see that my career changed right after that. Right, when I right. sold out to him and I really accepted him on my own rather than relying on knowing about him and my religion and my prayers of my mother and my grandmother who taught me the Bible. There came a point of accountability, and that defining moment pushed me over top to say, I don't care what the world thinks of me or how to go about a gold buckle. If I never have one, God, I want to be used by you. And certainly three years later, he put me back right, in right. there to win it. Right, because we were talking about that. that's in 94. That's in 94. By 97, you, you know, you, you're on that path. And, and there you are. And again, too, you're a big guy. You're six foot. <laughs> it's not normal for the tall guys to, to be at that elite level in that sport but also talking about that because i know there's a lot of people out there especially right now in the california uh area that are trying to get rid of because of accidents like that or things that 
So being from the sport, everything that you've experienced, what what do you say to those people that are saying, I don't know. I mean, we just saw J.D. Mooney just get knocked unconscious. He didn't even get to open the gate the other night. So the sport, this it's the sport. You, you know it's the nature of the beast when you go into it. But but what do you have to say for people that are saying, hey, rodeo is a hazard? You know, it's a way of life. And I would say that most people have been educated through the marketing of Major League Baseball, NFL, you know, football, NBA. That's kind of some popular school, uh, 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 sports that enable people to go through those deals. Rodeo has the same thing. If I would have chose to go to college, I could have had a scholarship uh, and I, I could have educated myself. But the American heritage of what the rodeos meant in the 1800s when Wild Bill Hickok was coming to town and we had all these traveling Wild West shows, they were educational. They meant something to the people of those culture. And with the agenda that's coming against America right now, the American cowboy really needs to stand up for the core values of everything we do. And so with, through education and pushing back on the PETA and all those agendas that are trying to take away rodeo, the American Cowboy and the Alliance of my friends, we need to stand up and push back against that because it's our heritage. It's how America was symbolic for the American Cowboy doing what he did, whether that was John Wayne, whether it was the ranches coming together. Right. We just can't take that part of our history and wipe it out. We have to continue. Right, right. Well, and that's, you know, that's what we try to do here at Small Town America. That's part of that protecting our history and, and preserving our heritage. Uh, in that there, I mean, we just had the All American right here, and you know that's that's now becoming almost as big as Vegas, and it's not just the rodeo aspect. I mean, they have performance horses. It, it's just an amazing weekend when you go down to the All American and you see that, and, and I, you know, it's just always there of where are we going to stand? Uh, are we going to allow it? And and I always tell people, hey, go find a stock contractor and work with them for a day. The stock, the stock have better health insurance than I do. You, you know, they they are taking care of it, and, and, and they're athletes. They're athletes, and they're trained for athletes under that one. But I want to show her this short video because now we'll get into what you're doing with the ministry, and, and you're branching out on all kinds of levels there. So let me let me show this so everybody knows uh, kind of what he rides with all kinds of big upper body movements. He's a big bull rider. Probably one of the tallest and stoutest in the field. Talking about our young man, Scott Mendez. Every time we run that rope through our fingers and we slap our face and we slide up, you just don't know. Amen? You think you're ready. You pray over your bull and you think your heart is right. But you never know how many people you influence along the way in your life. There's a raging beast in your soul that is dealing with whatever it is, God has already paid the price for our life. to wait for a defining moment in your life to conquer the beast in your soul. Yeah, so there it is. And they even, 
he's a tall cowboy. I mean, it's just one of those things. So that's ninety-seven. You accepted accepted that hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put put Jesus first, and, and that's when you started changing. I noticed you got spurring with Jesus over here, and, and uh, go for God. The, we saw in the clip the the silver the silver. What was the what was the meaning of changing to the silver? Uh, actually, symbolic in my relationship with the Lord when I read Ephesians six about putting on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, all the armor that we put on. I felt that it meant, 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 meant something to me and that if given the opportunity, I'd be able to share that with others. We did at that time going into a lot of schools, we did career days and, you know, different civic organizations. And so when they said, why are your shouts silver or your vest? I could give them that scripture right. it, reference. It, 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 it gave you a way to open up, open up the door. So, and we just saw a list. So, so 97, when did you actually start Western Harvest Ministries? And, and now you have several different breakout sessions or, or umbrellas under there that you're doing different things at. But but Western Harvest Ministries, when did that get going and, and how did that get going? Yeah, you know, after I won the world in 97, I, I started just like anybody else. You know, that was my highest goal. And I want to encourage your viewers and listeners to, you know, have goals that are un, unreachable for you. Because when I had went through everything that I did, the persecution of my faith, being on the road, wanting to have a family. I met my wife, Angel, at Brent Thurman's funeral right after the national finals there in 94, in the early part of 95. And so, you know, for me, I had to really satisfied with my career, but I wanted to continue to ride bulls because I knew the value of using that platform and staying current with the guys that we were trying trying to reach at that time. Right, right, because that 90, your first son's yeah. getting yeah, born, born right there. You, you had to make that choice of yeah. whether I'm going to the national finals to ride, to ride a bull or I'm going to be in the hospital. Where, where, yeah. where was that at? Yeah, no, and, and again, you know, behind every great successful man, there's a, a great wife. God blessed me to meet Angel and we committed to the Lord. She had a religious background with her grandparents. I think you're going to see her her part in, in, in my life story. Uh, it meant a lot to me uh, because having a family and raising children took the focus off of me as an athlete to loving and serving my family. It didn't always work out right, but that was my, my new focus, was to be a true man of God with morals, values, and core beliefs. And, and even in the rodeo world, you know, talk about having a great place for the color silver. I began to, to, to walk away from bad endorsements with money and alcohol and, and things that I didn't believe in. And right, so right, right. I, I know a lot A lot of times I refer to you as the, the Tim Tebow uh, of bull rider uh, because that's kind of it kind of when you got there. I mean, as much as as much as we want to be patriotic and, and love God and all of that, there's sometimes when you get into that world. And maybe you want to hit a little bit on that uh, because there's some young cowboys and young athletes now. I mean, we just watched one of the basketball players who, you know, he got in a bunch of trouble for going a gun. I, there, there's things that you get to at a certain level when you don't have that mentorship or you don't have that guidance where, where the devil's going to put that temptation and that influence. And maybe you can hit that as a professional athlete when you have the endorsements coming because now you're a world champion. And I, I, I want to slap the Jack Daniels logo on you, and I want to put you with the rodeo queen on, on Friday night in front of the camera. So so what what is those temptations? Well, again, there's nothing that God asked me to do in his word, reading it, that I can do without him. And I think many times the guys that we're ministering to, 
You know, there's still a little bit of us in them. It wasn't until I watched my friend lay there lifeless that I realized what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? What was I called to do? And, and putting all those identity crises and defining moments together, I realized, am I winning the world title because I want to be recognized and be popular and be able to say, look, here's a young kid that came from the, the ghetto, the streets of Fort Worth, didn't have any means to do it, and he did it. And, and there's some natural pride in there that you want to take pride in, in your job well done. But in the spiritual pride, God said, I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. So learning how to crucify, deny my flesh, and surrender to God's plan for my wife, uh, for my life through my family and my career was a whole different world. And I had to give up money, prestigious status, fame, all the quota that the world says is cool to have in order to allow God to use me. And when I totally sold out for him, that's when God began to start using me in a totally right, different life. Right, right. And so now you have the movie that, that you're working on. And, and a lot of, a lot of that's going to be in the movie. Uh, I, I don't, uh, knowing you, uh, you're, you're not going to Hollywood it up. Yeah. You're actually going to, going to stay true to, to you, to Scott Mendez and your career and what, what your faith has meant for you and, and getting you to the championship. You want to kind of share, or can you share it? Are, are you at a point sometimes, sometimes like Avatar, you got to just sit on it for 10 years. Hey, I've, I've signed my life to life rights away. We were really kind of promoting our first draft of our script before COVID. COVID hit, there goes, you know, 12, 16, 18 months. Where we're sitting today, the script is about ready to be analyzed by Hollywood. We have investors behind it, and, and it is. It's exciting. I, I, you know, as exciting as it is, is to say, hey, we're going to have a movie about my life. That's really not what it's about. It's about coming into a theater and understanding what conquering the beast really means. It's the renewing the mind behind the scenes. I'm battling a bull for my life and my destiny every night that could kill me. And, and, and things could turn out totally different. And sometimes it does. You know, you're talking about J.B. Uh, Mooney getting jerked down in the box. I've been there, done mm. that. And I know what that feels like. And so it is a tough sport. We're going to tell it as true as we can. We pray that both audiences, the ministry world and all of our fans there and all the unsaved friends that we have will come and watch this on a theatrical release. But I'm excited. I'm saying all that to say uh, I don't care about my life being told, but I care about the story of what right. Christ right. Well, did. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. because because this is something like like I said before, uh, since COVID, we we've had it. We've got now have plat platforms uh, to do it. But you've been doing it way before that. You the conquering the beast. That, that's been that's been part of your ministry. Uh, maybe you want to explain something about what, what you're doing with Conquering the Beast uh, and how that helps develop that. Yeah. Well, again, it, it's it's just symbolic. You look at my career, I was riding bulls. In the ministry, we're talking about the spiritual realm. And so everything that I had to make a decision as a, as a true story should be inspiring to others as they engage and learn a little bit more about your family, your ministry, your career. And, and again, I know it would be told with... Uh, professionalism and we're really excited about the actors and the producers that we're wanting to bring on board but but you're right the the the, the message of conquering the beast is really what rages in the soul right. of an individual am i going to fight a battle that's already been won for me because of what jesus did at calvary jesus already whipped satan so i don't have to uh, conquer the beast apart from him but when christ is in my life we can hold the devil at bay and keep him pushed back through 
the full armor of God through knowing our identity and recognizing the deception of the culture that we live in and, and, and making a difference through America, through our family, and being that cowboy for Christ. Right, right, part of that heritage. And so I see you got all your books, your DVDs. I've got it up here on the deal, westernharvestministries.com. Right. That's where everybody can go. Uh, I, I know, brother, you've been, you've done, you've produced a lot of stuff. Uh, you're out there. You've also on a speaking speaking tour. Yep. Uh, so where can they go to catch you if anybody wants to book you for speaking engagements Absolutely. and that stuff, that stuff? Yeah, we have some national partners. I'm a part, uh, a part of the FCA. I oversee the national cowboy chapter through the FCA. Uh, really, the last couple of years, we've had maybe a few less rodeo schools and clinics, but I've been going out through the FCA Cowboy Chapter and overseeing rodeo chaplaincy, chaplaincy work at big rodeos like Weatherford, Fort Smith, Arkansas. And so God's used me as a chaplain in those settings and, and our ministry. But if you go to usayo.org, my partners believe in reaching the youth of America. We've got other NBA and NFL athletes. And speakers, but you can click on my profile and uh, ask the request to have me come in, and I'll be sent to your community and, and help make a difference for the gospel. Awesome that, and then also put it up here. Riding the course Sundays at eleven. That's you can go you go live every every Sunday. I I tune in and watch you, and, and I know there's a lot lot of our, our friends and our community there. Uh, how did that get started? Is it just something that you said, hey, I, this is what I need to do, or, or what did God just put it on your heart to say, hey? I got to get to my message. Yeah, you know, back in the day, Riding on Course was the name of our official newsletter for Western Harvest Ministry. So all of these outreaches, Team Spurring with Jesus, Conquering the Beast, uh, you know, it there were so many that we actually formed Western Harvest Media to do all of our productions to keep it a little separate from the ministry. So in all those outreaches, Riding on Course was our newsletter. Then it evolved into our weekly Bible study. And where it goes from here, it could be a TV show and things that you know about right, that we're right, working right, on. Right. So we're excited. As long as people need the gospel, we're going to continue to build the platform. That's awesome. But the other thing we were just talking about, talking about going around the world, <laughs> you're, you're creating a, a whole new metaverse world for our sport, for our heritage. Uh, can you share any of that? Or is that still a, a top secret? Uh, we're, we're not ready to release that. No, no, I can certainly talk about it. You know, a couple months back, I became an ambassador for Loot Mogul. Uh, it is a Web3 metaverse. Uh, they're going to be trading and, and merchandising NFTs, uh, avatars, trading cards. So behind the scene, in my spare time, uh, I was able to connect some of my ambassadorship. Uh, I also have a partner that has a cryptocurrency for the Western world. And so putting my ambassadorship together, it really led into a launch of a whole new platform that is going to bless the Western community and culture here in the days ahead. Well, and, and I think the, the thing that I think really kind of impresses me about the whole thought of it and the whole idea of it is it's the Western world. It's not the NBA. <laughs> it's not the NFL. It's the Western heritage in the Western world. And hats off and continue. You know, we're going to pray that that thing gets off the, off the air. Uh, before we leave, because our time's getting there, we almost hit it right at 30 minutes. So that's perfect. I uh, want to thank everybody. Small Town uh, America. You can actually go to our website now. It's smalltown-america-org uh, to see that. But I want to talk to you also about 
hang on because uh, our friend Rick Smith yep. uh, is going through a lot. I want to, I want to, I want you to pray for him. But I want to talk about the Great American Summit that's coming up uh, here, June second and third. Uh, again, too, it's not a political event; it's an American event. We're just coming in with business people, uh, just to lo love on the community, red, white, and blue. Uh, and let me just show that video there. And tickets are available. I hope that you'll all. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Men and women who raise our food, patrol our streets, man our mines and factories, teach our children, keep our homes, and heal us when we're sick. Professionals, industrialists, shopkeepers, clerks, cabbies, and truck drivers. Their patriotism is quiet but deep. Their values sustain our national life. They are, in short, we the people. Let us renew our determination, our courage, and our strength. And let us renew our faith and our hope. We are a nation under God, and I believe God intended for us to be free, to believe that together, with God's help, we can and will resolve the problems which now confront us. And after all, why shouldn't we believe that? We are Americans. Yeah, so the Great American Summit, that's coming up June 2nd and 3rd. Go to the website, get your tickets. Uh, Scott, before you leave, man, I just thank you for allowing me to come into your office, sit here by the Lane Frost photo uh, right there. Uh, but again, to our good our good buddy Rick Smith, uh, going through the, the heart transplant, uh, dealing with all, all of that stuff up in the hospital. I'm just wondering if you'd say a prayer for him uh, right here live so he gets to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray for our brother and coach. Christ. Mm -hmm. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we lift up. Your word says where two mm -hmm. or three shall agree as touch anything. As I touch my brother mm -hmm. Zach in this broadcast, we also, Father, ask that you go and be with Rick and his wife in the hospital. Lord, as he's coming into the need for a transplanted heart, I know you have mm -hmm. the heart for him. I know that you'll get him uh, acclimated. You are the trans... You, Father, you are the one that gave him his original heart. We know that you can give him a new heart spiritually. Mm -hmm. He is in tune and walking with you in incredible faith. We stand together that no weapon formed against him would prosper. We pray over his doctors and every one of these charts and every one of these tests. And Father, the new heart that he shall receive, Father God, he will travel the world and the globe to give you the glory. And so we thank you, Father, on his behalf. We pray and cover him with the blood of Jesus and ask that you be with him and his wife. Give them great embrace, courage, and strength in everything that they're going through. We stand with him in the gap right now. We mm, receive yes, it sir. by faith. In Jesus' name, Rick Smith shall have a new heart and be stronger than ever before by your grace. 
by your love. In Jesus' name we believe. Amen. Amen. All right, Rick, get better fast. Scott, anything you want to add before we, before we head out of here? We're going to get in the truck and head to the next small town. Well, I want to thank you, Zach, for your, for your vision of what you're trying to do in America. I watched that clip of the event that's coming up. I'm going to be with you. Uh, I looked at all the productions of all the different outreaches. You know, now is not a time for us, your viewers, the ministry, the personal life to be complacent or to be lethargic. We need to stand up in what we believe to make America what it should be and what God wants it to be. And that doesn't mean just repent. That means that we need to pray, repent, and turn from our ways exactly. and unite exactly. in the way that we want to go. Thank you for what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, well, you know, God just really put it on my heart. 2023 is going to be the year of revelation and revival. And so, and so and you think about your, your journey. Way, way back in the day, and you, you, you've been doing this before internet. Before that, you were buying your own airtime, and you were, you were slowly digging, digging, digging. And now you've created your own on world, the whole metaverse you, you've now created for, for the Western heritage. And, and I think it's about time. God, God's fixing to give that for us. And, and man, I just, I, I appreciate you letting me in your home today. It's been awesome and a blast. And I know we got some big things coming. But until next time, guys, we're going to get in the truck. Uh, and we will see you uh, at some small town. Hey, just remember that you make America great. The people and places, that's what makes our nation great. So we're getting in the truck.